0: Ball Control. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Control. Yeah. yeah. This is Corey DLG, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. It's true. And we're hanging out on 104.5 and 106.1. Um, they're allegedly the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at irlonestar.com. Yeah. Check us out uh, facebook.com backslash ball control. Um, what's the other one? Podcast? Yeah, Ball Control Podcast, Facebook, Twitter. Okay, there you go. And then uh, we also are set up on the Nerds the Radio page, I think, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Shout out to our sponsors, RNA Sports. We'll tell you about them more later. We've got a crazy big show ready for you today. For the next hour, kick back and listen to the greatest sports radio entertainment. Welcome to episode 10, guys. Conroe Can Handle. Yes, that's right. This is the 10th time we've done this, and no one stopped us. No. We mm. haven't even stopped. Well, except that one time. Right. Well, I mean, we took a week off, but that was just you know circumstances. But but, but no no one else has stopped. Only we can stop ourselves. For like a martial artist. Oh, that's true. Your real enemy is yourself. Is it though? Kasha. People are trying to kill me. Are they gonna be? Oh. Really <laughs> oh. <laughs> Am I really the worst <laughs> one? That is how the movie works <laughs> a lot of times. They're like. Your real fear comes from within. No, man. There were nine guys with masks here earlier, and they all knew karate. Right. They that all, was that They was all the could definitely fight me. Yeah. <laughs> There's an agent trying to kill me. I'm downloaded in a computer program. That's what I'm really scared of. <laughs> right. This there is, is a spoon. I just touched it, dumb kid. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> you're the wise one. <laughs> you're holding a spoon. The real trick is there is no spoon. No, the real trick is that you're here. Okay? That's the trick. That's the trick. Got him. Dumb kid. Tricks. Anyway, nah, I don't know why we're just so, like, we get real aggressive on ball control. <laughs> ball control, where we keep the hate. <laughs> Stay aggressive. Stay aggressive. That's, that needs to be on the shirt. <laughs> ball control. Stay aggressive. Stay aggressive. Um, yeah, really, for real. You got to maintain the ball control. We do. We got a, lot of, we got a We got a lot of national topics this week. Oh. National. This is a big deal. means worldwide. It, does this mean, it does not, mean not just in the state of Texas? Correct. Correct. Oh, wow. Even though Texas is a relevant nation to the national spotlight. It really is. Like right. It's energy capital of the world. Uh, also the sports capital of the world a lot of times. All right. Yeah. Uh, Come at us, other cities and or states. Why bother? We win. Right. Check it. What are we going to do? Just step away from the world stage and cut off the world's energy supply? Right. House it. Anyway, uh, I don't know why. Space Center. Get out of here. That's true. We do have a lot of cool names, too, for, like, space stuff city in Space City, Space City, woo! Like, that's a cool idea that we're in space and they're still stuck here. Right. But then when you look around, you realize, no, we're still stuck here, too. Like, <laughs> it's more of a dream. not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a good idea in, in theory, but in practice, it's inefficient. Because it was the first city set in space. Boom. Houston, yeah. we have problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not there yet. Like, the, the Sky City, like prototype like it's we're not doing it yet we're not there yet (laughs) not there yet wait till Uh, we're in space though it'll be awesome what do you want to do first you want to do you want to do baseball you want to do basketball you want to do football let's do baseball first. you want to do baseball first yeah because it's the one i'm least interested in (laughs) 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 all right okay i mean because the the world series already happened so i mean when you're right you're right What what baseball news could possibly happen other than people making lots of money? Well, okay. So here's the thing. This is what I call. This is actually what they, not me. I mean, I was going to take credit for it, but I guess I shouldn't. It's called the Hot Sto- Stove League. The off season of baseball is where all the trades and all the moves and all the things happen. Okay, right. All four weeks that it happens. All yeah. Because f- baseball being 162 games plus the playoffs plus spring training plus camp plus travel. You got about eight days to yourself, right? When the, one, season, when the season ends, you have a week one and day and a half when your son is born to, to go home and tell your family you love them. It's like being in a war front without any of like the tragedy, the tragedy of that, and then somehow like the sexiness of so much money. It's like a sexy rich war that they're just like away at all the time, right? And but you, you only start making that money when you're already ten years in. Yeah, you've been. in the You're league. already a vet. You're you, yeah. You're a grizzled vet. Here's your nine-year, hundred million-dollar contract. Anyway, um, these are just updates for the Astros that I have here. I've all got, right, fair got, enough. So these are all relevant because of the fact that last two years ago we were, the, we were the World Series champions. Last year we got all the way to the Conference Finals and lost to uh, the Boston Red Sox, who then went on to win. Right. Um. So we, a team this close and this competitive, you kind of watch all the moves because it's it's. We're close enough to that championship spot. We were there, well, so we were just there. We were just there, and so you want to you, you keep an eye on everything because you want to tinker but not change a lot, right? But we're getting to the point where there's going to be a lot of changes over the next couple of seasons. The window, I don't know. Look, they could do a, they could do a move tomorrow that changes this, but the window is starting to creep closer to closed than it is to staying open. Um. The youth of this team is what gives me the hesitancy to say, because overall this is a relatively young team. Right. Um, but some things are changing. So the, the first one, the biggest one to me, is Dallas Keuchel declined his qualifying offer. All right. Which means he will be a free agent, but he could still resign with the Astros. Right. It doesn't bar him from that. No. And the reality was he was going to decline the offer. The qualifying offer wasn't the kind of money that Dallas Keuchel is expecting to make. right. He's been good. He's been good the last couple years. Last year he wasn't great, and he's probably our third or fourth uh, best pitcher. Um, And there are some people who feel like Dallas Keuchel's been a little figured out. So there's an opportunity there where if he left, it doesn't hurt us a lot, but he is the first big exit from this team. That makes sense. So this is kind of the, p- the point where you circle things and go, okay, here's where the roster starts to really change. change, Because he went from being our ace before we made all the moves two years ago. We brought in Verlander, and then it was Keiko and Verlander in, last, in McCullers. And then last year, he kind of fell by the wayside. He was dealing with stuff, and he was getting hit a lot. He wasn't doing well. So he finished the season probably third or fourth. And so the Astros said, well, here's the qualifying offer. We're offering you this so that if you leave, we get a compensatory pick in the draft. But we don't expect you're going to take it. And he said, you're right. I'm not going to. And so we all said, uh, okay, that's fine. So as of right now, he's not He's not under contract, and he's, not, he's a free agent. He's looking around for other things. But we do get a pick if he leaves. That's good. Um, that's at least tolerable. And we might re-sign him. It depends on what the market does. Depends yeah, on, that's true. His last year wasn't great, and that's the wrong time to have a bad year is when you're going to be a free agent. Right. Because they're all going to be like, well, you didn't do that good last year. Well, because people. Well, then you're going to be like, well, it was good two years ago. It's like, Well, yeah, that's not two years ago. When you always want to track trends. If you're trending down. You don't want to like go in. You don't want to go into your free agency trending down. And unfortunately for Dallas Keuchel, he did. So that's going to affect the money. Now he's probably still going to get good money. There's probably still four years and eighty million, four years and you know a hundred million, four years and a hundred and twenty million somewhere out you there know, for him. Nine hundred billion dollars? Maybe not one hundred and twenty. It's probably it's probably four to six years, and it's probably between twenty and twenty five a year. Yeah. Um. Which hey, good hey, money for yeah, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and if it gets that high, I I promise you that the Astros probably won't re-sign it. If yeah. if if he stays they're in be that, like, we're gonna go ahead and go it, leave that one. Boss. If it's if it's three to five years and they're in that probably fifteen to twenty, I could see them doing it. I could see them being like, okay, well, that, you know, because if if he near four, we're paying fifteen, but we could trade him Like, okay, it's not the end of the world. Right. Uh, not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. Um, Bryce, uh, Bryce McCann, we declined the twenty nineteen option on him. Oh. Who he was no longer really our catcher. He was a big deal on the on the World Series run. Yeah, I'm thinking right now off he the top of my head, <laughs> he he wasn't even in. He wasn't even on the postseason roster. No, he was there. He caught uh, in one of the games. I think it was game five or six. I don't remember this this last year. Yeah, okay. Because what's his, what's his name was missing a lot. So then they yeah, switched you're them. right. You're right. They swapped him out. You're right. Good catch. You're right because he was all those balls went by the other guy. I forgot about that. Uh, that's what you want your catcher to do. Anyway, they right. declined his 2019 offer. Now he was one of the older dudes. He was one of the vets that they had brought in to kind of show people the way. Do we? Um, ah, he'll wind up somewhere, but it won't be relevant. A couple right. of years, a few million dollars, but it's probably not here for us because we've got some young guys that we're sitting on that we're like, okay, well, we've got other catchers. Right. We have other people that we can rely on. Now what we do need is he's for done his job he, exactly. What we do need is for one of those catchers to stay in front of the ball during the f- during the playoffs. That'd right. Be great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's okay. It's all right. right. We're not. We're not. We're not gonna miss him that much. Right. It's not gonna be that big a deal. Uh, the trade from the Blue Jays for Al- Aldmus Diaz. Aldmus Diaz. A L E D M Y S. Aldemis? Aldmus. Aldemiz. I don't know. Uh. So it's an interesting name. Yeah, Aldmus Diaz. Uh, he basically can play every position on the infield. Now, they've got listed as a shortstop. So, when I was reading this trade at first online, I was like, why do we just trade for a shortstop when we have Correa? Like, that seems seems silly. That's not a good sign. Are we about to dump Correa? Like, what's about to happen here? Uh, No, what it is is he's a utility player. He can play every position, which means that's pretty good. And he batted the exact same as Marwin Gonzalez, who was our reserve infielder. So what that means is Marlon Gonzalez is probably gone. Oh no, not Marlon Gonzalez. I don't even think he had an option. I think he's already not under contract for this year. I was looking on the active roster for right now and he's not listed on it. Hmm, interesting. So I think he was I think he was already he was already leaving. He was already He wasn't going to be he wasn't going to be under contract for 19, so we were going to have to re-sign him. But it this trade sense. gives us a, a younger, cheaper guy. So we're probably not even calling him. I'm not even that hurt. Probably not even ringing the bell. No, and and, and Marwin Marwin's a, a quality guy, but replaceable. He's right. replaceable. He's not one of the core guys. Um, which is kind of funny that like baseball has like all these players you just can't move. But then, like you, just kind of build around them. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can move them, but when you do, it's a big deal. Right. You know that goes back to those Bryce Harper, and Manny Machado guys. Manny Machado, basically, the trade to the Dodgers was for this postseason run, and that was it. Which, by the way, they lost. Again, again. That um, hurts. That does sting. Um, so, Marlon Gonzalez probably won't be back. And uh, Lance McCullers is having Tommy John surgery. So, he'll miss this whole year. Do you know what Tommy John surgery is? No, I do not. They take a ligament. They either give you a dead man's ligament or they take one out of your body um. and put it in your elbow. Uh, my friend had that for – well, that was when he tore his uh, – one of his – Yeah, knees. they'll do it for the ACLs and the MCLs as well. Yeah. Um, but they do it for pitchers, and it takes them a long time to come back. They don't have feeling in their fingers for a little while. Oh, that's real creepy. Uh, it's it's Because there's nerve things and tendon things. And a big thing about being a pitcher is knowing how you're holding the ball and when you're letting go of the ball, control becomes an issue – Oh Re- man, that's real spooky. Recovery rate for the Tommy John surgery at this point, modern medicine and all that, it's like eighty five, ninety five percent. And and when those people come back, they come back great. Um, but it's gonna be a while. It, it's gonna be a year. It's gonna be a year. So we just we're probably losing Dallas Keuchel, and we and our number two guy won't be available this year. That's rough. So Verlander, and now now the thing of it is, is we're getting out of here. I do believe the Astros are going to make a move. I don't think they're going to sit back and go. Well, we'll write it out with Verlander and some other dudes. They have some young pitchers they like, but I also believe that they're going to go and bring somebody in. Makes it only makes sense. They're either going to take somebody off of one of these teams who, at the end of last year, was selling players off, who has more people to get rid of, or um, they might they might you know bite the bullet and pay somebody. Which but, uh, they've done neat. a good job of not signing free agents, but instead making trades for guys, and then letting those guys feel the system, feel it out, enjoy their spot, then they're more likely to re-sign. Which Um, just seems like a really sound strategy. It does, because you don't want to go out. You just want to just pick up some guy off the street. Yeah, because you don't know if it's going to work or not. Right. This way, you don't. You're only investing well, the this old guy, contract. I pay this guy a hundred million dollars, and then he sucks on my team because he doesn't work with any one of my guys. Right. Like I'm thinking of the last big free agency deal was with under the old Astros regime, and they got a pitcher from Colorado, a left-handed pitcher, who in Colorado had been basically a 500 pitcher, but they were going well in Colorado. It's really easy to hit home runs, and he's really hittable, and the team's real bad, so people could well away on him and blah blah blah. And he came over here, and it, it never got better for him. Right. And so you know, we spent a lot of money on that though. Um, but now we don't do that no more. We, we, we tend to stay away from it, and I, and I think that's a good idea. But it's coming up on pay-me time for right. a lot of these guys. So it's going to be curious how we handle the roster over the next like two to four years. So We'll see. We'll keep an will eye we, on it. We'll we be World Series champs again. Uh, you know, I mean, we're in the running. Now when they talk about ba- in baseball, when they talk about teams nationally, PTI, around the horn, and stuff like that, they mention – the Astros, every time they talk about great teams or top teams or top two, top that's four. So, that's so satisfying. We haven't been that in a long time. We haven't been. And we are right now, and that's why I'm keeping an eye on this stuff because I, I it's relevant. It matters. Right. It uh, matters to me because it, it's my team. Well, it matters. I, I like that Houston's important sports-wise. I like national sports. I don't like baseball as much, but I love when Houston is the focus of the conversation. All right. We went over there, but that's all right. We can do whatever we want. It's our show. We jump out to a break. We'll be back with more ball control. Ball control.
1: Hi, this is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Ball Control.
0: Ball control. Welcome back to Ball Control. This is Corey Dlg, and with me, as always, is little brother Nico. Hey, hey. And uh, right here, this is going to be uh, an interview with Kevin Smith, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. And this is uh, this was at RNA Sports on Black Friday. And big shout out and thank you to RNA Sports for having us there and having those guys there. Uh, so anyway, Kevin Smith at RNA Sports with Ball Control. All right, Conroe, this is Corey DLG with little brother Nico, and we are right here in Conroe hanging out with our sponsors, RNA Sports. And we got some special guests here today, so you're going to be hearing right now from Kevin Smith of the Dallas Cowboys and Texas A&M history. Uh, a legend, right? Wow. Well, <laughs> I don't I'm, know about that. I mean, I'm allowed to say that, right? Yeah, yeah. well, you uh, can say that. Okay, yeah. all right, I'll say it then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, all right, so I'll be honest. it's a few I, plaques I had, on the wall. Yeah, there yeah. should be. There should be right. more than a few. I had right. to do some research here, because I didn't. I wasn't a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up. Mm-hmm. So Rich like, man, I got a Dallas Cowboy coming. I was like, oh, wow. Right. I don't know I mean. But then I look. Your rookie year, you win the Super Bowl. Right. So basically, you're done, right? Did you, well. Did you have to that, talk that, yourself that, out of retiring it, after it, the rookie it, it year? It was or so easy. It was so easy. <laughs> uh, I actually
2: came in with Darren Woodson. Uh, we were in the same draft. Uh, Jimmy Smith played for Jacksonville later on his career. I remember Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, we were in the same draft. and So the first two years, we win the Super Bowl. We actually go to the third year. We go to one or two plays away from actually going to the third Super Bowl. You know, Dion grabs Mike, and you know that's still debatable, <laughs> arguable call. But uh, but he
0: came over and he made it up to you guys, right? Well, well he did next <laughs> year. Yeah, we, and Jerry <laughs> made,
2: made sure of that. But we paid him pretty well. But that's right. You know, we just thought it was just you know we were supposed to go to the Super Bowl every year, and uh, we didn't realize how how hard it was and how tough. You know, we were like the tail end of. The Herschel Walker trade, so right? The Herschel Walker trade is what really changed the Dallas. Cowboys. I was—that
0: was, was going to be my next question. Were well, you one of the Herschel Walker draft picks well, or no?
2: Actually, I was. You know, that ninety—actually, uh, the ninety-three class with Kevin Williams and uh, uh, the, uh, he, my mind went blank. But uh Smith, uh, linebacker that we brought in from mm-hmm, Miami, mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Smith. We there you brought, go. Th- those two guys were the last two guys of that trade. But it—you know—the trade. Alvin Harper was in that trade. Mm-hmm. Russell Maryland. And, know, and Emmett, right? I- I- Emmett was the first part of that trade. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Larry Brown was in that trade. Of course, Darren Woodson, we mentioned him. God, you just want to brag? Like, every well, time you just talk about, like, well you we, guys had so range, much, yeah. we had so much. We had first round, we had two first, two second, two third, two fourth. I mean, so you, what Jimmy was doing, he was picking the guy he wanted. Then he could take <laughs> See, Darren Woodson really was a, a tweener guy. A lot of people don't know that. He wasn't a safety in college, and he wasn't a linebacker. He was kind of caught in between. So the Cowboys picked Jimmy Smith because we, they wanted to get a receiver. You know, in the slot, right? Know, and 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 replace, um, uh... Kelvin Martin, and we got Jimmy Smith. Well, the pick after that, who they picked? They picked the guy that they could take a gamble on, because was, because they had, had the excess picks. picks. Had extra picks. That, it was that's that, a really good way to play. that. You got Darren Woodson, so here now you you know you got a Pro Bowl guy with a guy with a pick that you know you didn't really know what he
0: was until you really you got him in training. That's him. called playing with, you go, playing with house money. You play house That's what that's called. That's, that's that. what <laughs> that's what it was, man. That's really incredible because you're right. I didn't realize. And that's a really good way to frame that. So mm-hmm. when you get this riches of picks out of the trade, you can then go, okay, well, I'm picking twice in the first round. Right. So let me get the guy I know well, I need. They
2: drafted me. Then they came back and got a linebacker in Robert Jones. That was two in the first. Second round was Jimmy Smith and Darren Woodson. Then we went third round. We got a big lineman named James Brown. Guess what? He didn't make it with the Cowboys, but he played 12 years in the league.
0: Did he really? Yeah.
2: I mean, We got a guy named Ron Stone out of that that, that draft as well. So we, a lot of guys that never really played for the Cowboys,
0: but they were – Quality players because they were drafted so high. That's so interesting. Like, but you guys had so many good players at that point. I can almost conceivably see where you're saying like, oh, well, this guy can't crack it. Right. He's well, gone. Well, we
2: we only keep fifty three guys. Yeah. So, you know, but but from from the first guy to the bottom of the roster, that's how good we were. You y'all know, the y'all were, stacked. were pretty good. Yeah.
0: That, that reminds me of that uh, that Pittsburgh era in the eighties. Yeah. And then how many of those guys wind up in the Hall of Fame yeah. and Circles of Honor yeah, and of all that them. stuff? Yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So then, do you do, do you call Rob when he does bad on TV? uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> no nah, nah, not at all I mean they, they these uh you know those guys if they work on really it hard I, I think what's interesting uh is Darren uh, even Michael they'll call from time to time when they're trying to create some ideas and some thoughts and uh Darren just called me a couple weeks ago and he's like hey man I got to compare you know Zeke and uh then uh Amari Cooper and Dak to the, the Cowboys the Chinese yeah. he said yeah. how, I mean how can I I said, listen, just go back to the 90s music, the music we listened to, Whoop, There It Is. There and then it is. Take each one of those songs and apply that to one of the players. And then, know, that kind of, everybody remembers the 90s Cowboys, remember yes. those songs. Whoop, There It Is, The uh, Tootsie Roll, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, I Want to Be a Cowboy. You know, those were the songs <laughs> that played in our pregame warm up. And I said, just attach. And he said the problem was that. When he, when he tried to do it with ESPN, they they, they didn't want to pay for the music. They didn't want to pay for the music. He <laughs> said they had to get the rights to the music, so he said it was a great idea, but he couldn't use it. So
0: uh, nah. that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. That's, a, that's a that's a real good thing you could do production-wise. Well, he didn't say
2: they didn't want to pay for it. He said that they had to gain the rights to don't the music. Don't worry, yeah. I'm not going to tell on you. They didn't yeah, want to yeah. pay for it.
0: They <laughs> didn't want to pay for it. I'm maybe not going to tell what on. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one last kind of like real football question. You were there during a major coaching change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jerry Jones then moves on, oh man, uh, Campo? Am I blanking on the name? No, 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 is that right? Uh, Barry Switzer came Switzer in. Switzer and yeah. then Campo, that's no, right. No, no,
2: actually it was Switzer, then it was, um, Gailey. then Campo. I forgot about Gailey yeah, completely. Yeah, came in for oh about three man. years, yeah.
0: That is, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. So what was that like going to Switzer? Because Switzer was coming from, from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, well, Switzer was, re- was pretty much retired,
2: you know? So it wasn't a big, I, mean, I knew Coach Switzer because he recruited me heavily out of, uh, uh out of Orange, Texas to, uh. To, uh, you want to give him a shout out? Go ahead, dude. That way, West Orange Stark wins again. You know, we're <laughs> the most winningest program in the state of Texas. <laughs> believe it or not, I don't tell the listeners. Eighty-two percent.
0: He, he came in whooping, like just whooping yeah. and just talking about. It. He said, "Guys, we, we're un, we're unbeatable." And I was like, "What?" Well,
2: talking? they've lost a few games this year, but overall, you know, West Orange is one of the top programs in the in the state. There you go. You know, over the years, so you yeah. Forty year uh school history, yeah. Really? 1978,
0: yeah. See, I came from Spring High and we don't win that like that. That's right. Spring's, <laughs> <yeah>. spring's pretty <laughs> we, good. Though. We were all right. We, uh Karis yeah. had a pretty good run. Okay. Uh, yeah. but uh that was that was about it for us. So the changeover to Switzer. Well well he was I knew
2: Switzer. He, he came in, the coaching staff was still intact. So uh Campo was there, Joe Avazzano who was key guy, our special team guy, uh, the strength coach was there, Mike Warsick uh Butch Davis was still there. I mean so all the guys that were that was part of Jimmy's staff. Uh, I think they brought in maybe one or two guys. I mean, I think Hudson Hawk came in, the offensive line coach. But Jimmy, I mean, Barry didn't do anything. He, I mean, I didn't say he didn't do anything. <laughs> he didn't. When I say he headlines, did, headlines. He no, didn't do kidding. anything to, <laughs> to rock the boat. So right. So he just came in. And, you know, as a head coach, you got to be that PR guy. And, and Barry's one of the best PR guys. No, in the world. he was smooth. He was yeah. real smooth. Because so that, yeah. that
0: was Dicey taking a Super that Bowl winner mm-hmm. and replacing him so quickly. Right. Let me ask you this, because you kind of yeah. mentioned the, the the staff there. Is that really more of a relevant thing for you as a position player? Because your meetings, you don't, I mean, how much does the head coach sit in on a corners meeting?
2: Um, it, the only time, you know, Jimmy would sit in on our special team meetings. You know, he was more involved than most coaches I've been involved with. But, I mean, unless, you know, if you, if you were doing everything right and everything was going well, you didn't have to worry about the big dog. That's that's the probably the right room. way to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, so J- Barry didn't, I mean, he, he really allowed the coaches to coach. Chan Gailey was more of an offensive coach, so he spent a lot of time and he kind of, didn't really mess with the defense. And sometimes you have a coach that, you know, he's focused so much on the offense that he doesn't focus on the whole team concept. And you you make decisions, good and bad, based on – No, that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, and then Campo was my last year there, and I didn't really get to play under Campo as a head coach. But, of course, Campo was my defensive back coach and coordinator all those years. And uh, at that time, Troy was done. So, they was trying to replace him with uh, Quincy Carter. So, it was kind of unfair to Campo because he didn't have a – you know he didn't have a solid
0: those were some up down years yeah those were some I mean, up down years but each coach is, you know each
2: coach is different you know right. and, and and each team is different and, and and it relies on you know what kind of uh, uh, veteran leadership you have I mean if your veteran leadership is old yeah. you know then you know and, and a lot of people don't understand the Cowboys are turning a new leaf uh, from the Romo era and the Dez era No, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I really and they, do. And they've gotten younger. I I think
0: that's a big reason yeah. for all the changes they've gone exactly. through as they're going yeah.
2: and this may not be the year from them. And no, they, I don't they, think they, it is. But two or three years down the line they got plenty of cap space. They I think they're gonna sign Dak at a Friendly, team friendly deal. I, I think so I was yeah. I was
0: making the joke And it might be a little unfair Because as, as a cowboy yourself I was like How yeah. does Troy Aikman Call the Dak Prescott game Like you know He's got to well, be thinking Like I could do that like. well, well I don't know I think I think Troy <laughs> I mean a
2: lot of people Kind of uh, knock Troy I think he does a great no, job No Troy was Troy yeah. was great But like yeah.
0: watching Dak play And now he's oh. got to Talk He's got to kind of Sing praises now Of Dak Because they're selling TV That's what announcers do right. well, I mean
2: do. I think Dak is playing well I think they are allowing him to be He's still I don't think he's going to ever be uh, Tom Brady
0: no yeah A uh, Drew Brees what do you who would you as favorable as you want to be how would you kind of give him a comparison to
2: I think at, at best he can be a Donovan McNabb
0: okay yeah, I, I mean that would, I, I think mean, he'd
2: kill for that career I mean just just the fact that he's not gonna be the traditional stick in the pocket no you know you be. gotta let him move you gotta let him run and he's built well yeah. to be a uh, mobile guy right. his best throws I mean his best throws yesterday was back leg, back. I mean, running sideways, going right. sideways. And his best plays were on his feet too. Yeah, yeah. So I agree mean, with that's that. what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get Drew Brees in the box pocket. pocket uh, so, do you think that they should maybe Tom do Brady. more of the
0: RPO stuff, and things to. like that?
2: That's what they're doing. They're know? doing a lot of it right yeah, now, yeah, and I think it, yeah.
0: that that's the change that they needed to make. Right. Um, because I think even in college, he was he was definitely more yeah. of a dual threat than he was Look, just and, a, a traditional. Mississippi
2: State, when they won the game, they won gritty games, and he was all they over the field. I loved I loved
0: seeing him at Mississippi State because there was that hero ball almost right. like he yeah, was. Cause they, cause they were on the dog I mean, they were a
2: state pretty much they played Alabama on the they you were know. they were Auburn underdog. on yes yeah, so. but
0: he did he had a he had a really great college career so when they got him I was like okay that's kind of interesting yeah. I was curious remember Tim Tebow built very right. similar but they immediately scouts were like well he'd be a better tight end than quarterback right. kind of situation mm-hmm. and maybe it's not fair to compare the throwing motions but right. it is sort of the I same. think that was a big uh, I think it was a big, big deal yeah. right what do you think of that the fact that he tim tebow then comfortably now is like oh i'll just play baseball then do you think you should have just said i'll be a tight end and just no,
2: i don't know i mean I, I don't i don't know tim tebow but i'm, I'm he's a winner i do know that much yeah. you know uh he's a guy that that uh has a great personality you know because sec network loves him um, from my understanding the organization uh baseball organization he's with loves him uh and every time he's on t- he's a positive guy. I mean, he really nothing, is. There's nothing negative you, you can say about s- I see him on Tebow. first take and he's giving yeah. Stephen A. Smith compliments. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> but um, I mean, so you know, you it's nothing real negative you can say about Tim Tebow as a quarterback though. I don't think right. uh, you know, with the throw motion, just just uh, accuracy. He was never going to be the quarterback. That no, like, and I agree with that. that.
0: I just thought it was kind of interesting that he said, instead of moving to tight end and staying in football, that he was right. like, I'll just do a whole other sport.
2: Right. <laughs> and, 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 and in his mind, he was a quarterback in mind. And at tight end, he may have, you know, Went through a couple more training camps, been on the practice squad, you know. You Nothing know. he would have I mean, enjoyed, do, though. I mean, he could do more on the SEC Network than he's tr- been doing out there on that's the true practice squad. And, yeah. and it is
0: intriguing that basically ESPN's basically given the open offer where, like, right. whenever you're I done, I come know, on he back. He
2: have a 30-year career with yeah. ESPN. Oh, he had never sure. played 30 years playing tight end. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Well, yeah.
0: Kevin, I want to get you. let you get you your money and all that. Okay. And you have a good day, man. Thank you for coming on okay. here on ball control with us. Okay, uh, Man, I appreciate it, man. Like, it's cool. So, how did your career when you when you were done? How do you how do you want people to, to mention you and talk about you? I don't know,
2: man. I uh, I, you know, I played the game hard. I mean, a I, I, uh, good thing about it was I played high school ball here in Texas, um, played college ball here in Texas, uh, pro ball. So I was always a Texan, you know, and to my heart. And, uh, you you know, call him Bob McNair then? You Bob McNair? Is he, he looking for a job? You no, no, for no. no, no not, not <laughs> Texans <laughs> are okay. They, they should be okay. They're man. having a good year this year, yeah, they, they turned it that. around. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, I'm a, I'm a Texan at heart. You know, I'm an Aggie at heart, and I'm a Cowboy at heart. And, uh, you know, I love my hometown. So uh, I just, I'm just a Texan. That's what you're going to remember me as. Yeah.
0: I like that. Yeah. Three Super Bowl time champion. Yeah. Two Kevin State Smith. State championships. Yeah. Listen you. Sing it all. What else you got? You got an MVP somewhere?
2: No MVP. Okay. High school uh, High school Texas Hall, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Where's that at? Is that? That's is in Waco. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, see, I there's something else to see in Waco. Yeah, I need to get in the college Hall of Fame, then I'd
0: be pretty pretty happy. Who do you want me to call? I'll, I'll make some phone you make calls. make some for calls, man. I'll make some calls. Yeah, we'll rattle I don't some cages. Exactly where it is, but I mean, I you gotta.
2: It's somewhere on the East Coast. But, so is it? We figure All right, it out. we'll figure. I think it's
0: Pennsylvania somewhere. You stay with Rich, and I'll get back in touch. I'll let you know who I've tracked down. Yeah, yeah. Nominate me in there. we'll write you in, man. Yeah. Okay. All right, Kevin. Thank you very much, man. You have a good one. Okay. All right, so that was the interview there. What'd you think of that, Nico? It was pretty good. It was exciting. Good to see. Yeah, we had a good time out there. Texan at heart. Texan at heart, that's true. Uh, We had a really good time with Kevin Smith, and obviously, shout out to RNA Sports. We're going to jump out to a break, and when we come back, we got another interview with Heywood Jeffries, and then we got more ball control coming at you. Ball control. Ball Control. Welcome back to some more Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, hey. I pointed to you for no reason because I was like in the middle of the sentence when I pointed. Got (laughs) him. Right. And here's your cue. Don't speak. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Let me talk. Um, Anyway, we're on 104.5, 106.1. We are streaming worldwide at irelonestar.com. What's the social medias? Uh, Ball Control Podcast. Facebook, Twitter. Okay, there you go. Check those out, and we're gonna jump out to an interview right here with Haywood Jeffries of Houston, another fame from the running, running gun era with Warren Moon. The running shoot, running shoot, running gun. I've confused myself now. Anyway, we're gonna jump out, talk to Haywood. When we come back, we got a little bit more ball control for you. and Then we got one more segment of the greatest sports show in the history of Conroe, ball control. How are you today, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? We've been doing good. Just keep it running. We're gonna jump in here and okay. we'll play with it here. Okay. Um, so I gotta tell you, man. Right. All right. Here's the thing. Now my mom was a diehard Oilers fan. Yes, sir. So I knew who you were when I was like four. Which didn't make my dad happy because I knew more I knew more Houston Oilers than I wasn't I wasn't even who's dad? No. No, Haywood Jeffries, Warren Moon, right. the running gun, uh the old ball coach man, I'm blanking on his name now, Bud Adams. Man, like <laughs> I knew all you guys. So you guys were like y'all were y'all were like pivotal. We went and visited y'all when y'all went to the playoffs. When right. y'all came back from Buffalo. <laughs> I was the one kid with his mom. In the waiting area, that was it. it was me. That was it. That was it. (laughs) Uh, Because I was, man, my mom dragged me to every Houston Oilers thing growing up. Well, the Buffalo game was obviously uh, a downfall for, you know. She was like, we're going to go cheer them up. We're going to go say hi to them on the airport. And I was like, really? I think I was like five. And I was like, I don't think they want to see us today. And she was like, we're going to be there. We really did. (laughs) I was on the airplane.
3: (laughs) It was kind of funny on the ride coming back home. They said, "Do not open up nothing. Do not have a beer, alcohol. They're uh, mad at all. They mad. Then, as soon as they got through saying that, we all, uh,
0: <laughs> we all opened up the can. Of, you know, uh, yeah, you had they, to. We had to do something. You had something. to. Yeah. That yeah. was uh. So Nico, young Nico, doesn't know sports. It's oh, fun. It's okay. part of the dynamic of the shows. I'm always. He's always like, I don't know what that is, and I'm always <laughs> teaching him stuff. Right. Right. So the Houston Oilers, thirty-four. Seven twenty, whatever it was. They were in Buffalo in the playoffs and they're up big, and Yo, Buffalo 40 was thirty-eight. Forty-one, that's how it finished. Forty-one thirty-eight. Buffalo wound up winning the game. It was one of the largest comebacks in playoff history against uh, against Houston us, us. Yes, we were we were up so big. We we're at a party. My mom's like, "We're gonna be in the Super Bowl, chips <laughs> and queso flowing." But it's not the end of the world. The Houston Oilers are still one of the best teams. We loved them all the way up till they left for Nashville. But you weren't a part of that, so we don't even have to right, we don't right. have to get mad at you for that. No, okay. um, but so, the running on offense, what was that like as a receiver? How exciting was that when they're just like, we're going to just throw and run, we're just going to be aggressive?
3: Well, you just had one of the more, more prolific passers it was in Warren Moon, and, of course, they had great wide receivers. And, you know, with Ernest Gibbons, Curtis Duncan, Drew Hill, and, you know, myself. Yeah, well, you can put yourself in there, don't Okay, well, you not know? And then we had a great <laughs> running back in Lorenzo White, you know, Mike Rozier, Alan Pinkett. We had a – a collective Just a great You know Great players around And not Not just to say that The offensive line Was just unbelievable You know
0: Bruce Matthews Yeah you No, know, Mike Munchak He was uh, Those um, guys were legends here man Yeah Wow I mean just I mean Well and you You were too I'm not, not to sort out, But Bruce Matthews You think about like There's not a lot of Offensive linemen That cities like Worship <laughs> And Bruce Matthews For a long time Well the Matthews family They're still Making NFL players It's, it's unbelievable It is right
3: Yeah well You when I first saw Mike Munchak, I, he was so tight <laughs> and so bowly. And we was like, can he move? And when he got on the field, I'm like, the guy said they never
0: seen nothing blocked like him. Right. These guys were like, they're some of the bigger offensive linemen of that time, but then they were almost running like an, not quite an option offense. That's not what it was. But uh, but they were blocking like it was, where they're, they're pulling and they're running out there, and these guys are aggressive. Like, they're aggressively finding second- and third-level guys to block, and they're
3: huge. Oh, yeah, you just – you know, people don't even remember the – even when Dean Stein, Cooler, mm-hmm. if you remember him the way Nebraska was when he was playing, you know, Dean started having the injuries. But Dean was also magnificent. And then you know, David Williams came along, and he was just an awesome right tackle. Then, you know, Bruce Davis of the Raiders came in and – uh solidified things, you know, once we lost Dan Steinkoel, and then you had Jay Pennison, you know, uh, running the center. Uh, and then we had a lot of great backups, you know, uh, could fill in. Of course, you know, Bruce was everything. He was he, he, he was the, like <laughs> the legend,
0: man. Like everyone talked about Bruce Matthews in Houston. You, you yeah. I never I, – I can't think of another parallel. Now, granted, I grew up here. Yeah. But I can't think of another parallel where another city, like, headlines about the offensive linemen, like where they talked about – you know what I mean? Like, they talked about Bruce Matthews like he was a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that was just kind of that Houston, he kind of embodied what we wanted out of people. So, Madden is a big deal now to the modern NFL athlete. You were like the first controversy in video game sports. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the, uh, the, what they call it? The Tecmo Bowl. The Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> yeah. They got his name wrong in the game, man. They spelled his name wrong.
3: Well, that just didn't happen on uh, by incident It's my whole life. That's they, true. That's true. So they spelled it wrong during my high school days. Because because
0: it's Jeffries, pronounced Jeffries, but it's spelled with the I in front of the R. And so people, yes. people. And then they
3: say, well, "Did your mama spell your name right?" I said, "My mom had 16 kids. Would you want to ask her?" <laughs> Is she spelled it right? They said, no, No, spell no. it any kind of way she wants to That's spell right. it. That's the last <laughs> conversation she wants to have is your name. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I
0: don't think you would go over now. So how did you handle it then? Did you track a guy down? Were you calling up Japan? What were you doing? Uh, oh, man, it would be funny because my dad be like,
3: everybody keeps calling your name wrong on television. <laughs> and he said, I need to go and see that network. I said, no, dad, don't get mad. So he came to practice. You know, uh, when we played in Houston, he would come to the practice. He was going to go to the game that following weekend. And they would do it wrong. And they would spell it. They were like, Do you know you're wearing the name tag? That's R I E S. I said, That's practice, Dad. I promise you they'd get it right in the game. I'd be doggone. No. They spelled it wrong in the game. My dad came in the locker room. I said, Dad, don't come in the locker room unless we win. <laughs> so uh, we won. And the helm say, thank God, because you know when you lose. Nobody, <laughs> you <don't>, nobody <laughs> wants to hear about this jersey on the <laughs> so losing he came day. And it, and it turned out to be a good thing. <laughs> and they said, we'll never do that again, Mr. Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> practice and the game? <laughs> Come on, man. Practice.
0: Practice. We're talking about practice. 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 <laughs> practice. But a game? No, that's got to be frustrating. But it's happened before. I'm trying to think. Roethlisberger had one where they got it. I think they didn't even get the second half of the name on there one time yeah, for him. So yeah, I it happens that. To all kinds. But it's, it's gotta uh, be—it's gotta be one of those things that like you just your whole career. You're like, guys, come on. Well, I I thought about Sewing the league, uh, <laughs> but
3: then they say you can't sue the NFL. I'm like, huh? What? wasn't my fault? <laughs>
0: but they wouldn't let me sue. <laughs> they said me, they said you're not allowed. You're not allowed. Hey, Heywood, uh, you can't do it. You can't. You're not do allowed. It. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's nice to make rules like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Where's the that rule for us? I don't know. Who do we got to see about getting That's that kind of – Because
3: you know you can sue people for everything. I,
0: everything nowadays. But
3: you cannot sue the NFL. It must be
0: nice. It must be. That's good. a nice little tidbit to get out of this. We're stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to sue the NFL and see what happens. <laughs> so I, I, I did some research on you because I was curious what happened kind of after the fact. I know you went to the Saints for a year. Yeah. Um, is that when you changed your number? Yeah, I changed it. Um, who had your, Who
3: wouldn't give you up their number? Well, you know, Webster sl- Slaughter came in. You know, after Drew Hill, you know, he cried. He's so competitive. I said, you're gonna pay me, or we're gonna have to play one-on-one basketball or something for it. And you were just like, ah. Uh, so, but I, I broke down because Curtis Duncan eventually left, and uh, that's that's the reason why I really changed it. You know, Webster was complaining; he wanted to be eighty-four. So, I didn't mind. wants <laughs> to play
0: you one-on-one. What is that? Basketball. He was Come so on.
3: competitive. He wanted to run track. He wanted to play ching Wei, you know, the games with your hand. <laughs> Look, I don't really talk Italian, but I learned to, <laughs> to count in Italian at least from 1 to 10. So, it was a big game. ching Wei was huge while we were playing. Is, know, that, is that a locker
0: room game? It's, it's a locker room okay. game. Okay. All, all right. right okay. It was a lot
3: of fun. Webster came in there with all kind of games. So, so is
0: that – so? Is that, what's the culture like in a locker room where – because, like, the Oilers of that era were very successful. New Orleans, I think they had some struggles that year. Yep. Um, but so what's the locker room like where, like, it's just a bunch of guys, a bunch of athletes, right? Yeah, it's a bunch of
3: athletes. But when you have a guy like Mike Rozier, he changes all the rules. <laughs> so to have somebody like Mike Rozier and, and then just to have, you know, the other guys, Bruce Matthews, you know, of course – You know, Warren wasn't really part of that group. Warren couldn't deal with some of the stuff we were dealing with in the locker room. Warren would be like, he's business. Your guys do that. Now, was that
0: quarterbacks in general? Was that the case in New Orleans, too? Or was that that just Warren? No,
3: it was never a locker room like the Oilers. Really? Everybody was kind of fascinated with us, even when other players came in to visit or to play. So, what is it, like 50 of you guys were just all bros? Yeah, it was, man, it was team unity I we, like were, that. we were for each other you would you'll love that see that's yeah. that's nice yeah you know that's I
0: mean? why my mom was a fan there it is right there
3: oh, yeah we had the Derek <laughs> dolls and uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> Look, and they would always squeeze your cheeks <laughs>
0: like, you know how the mamas are that's right know, that's so. exactly right that's the funny man i like yeah, that the Derek dolls so nice. i saw you try to get into coaching yeah what uh you still pursuing that what do you oh, do oh
3: no um It was just something, you know. I was coaching my son early in his career, Uh, you know, like Little League and all that type of stuff. And then some things came along the way. I said, you know, maybe I want to do this college, high school, or or even the pros. But I knew right then and there, when I started coaching them guys as they got older, they don't want to hear it, huh? Uh uh. And and I said, that was okay because that's not my demeanor. I want to have
0: fun. Right. Uh, but they could learn a lot from I mean, you were in a, you were in one of the first kind of up-tempo, high-paced offenses. I mean, the West yeah. Coast was a little before you guys, but then the running gun really kind of shifted the gears to a, an unconventional. Like, you're like the prototype. That offense was like the prototype that eventually turns into the Chip Kelly and the running, and, yeah. the, you know, you guys were up-tempo, a lot of fast, a lot of, like, the, they call them sugar huddles now, stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like, you guys did a lot of that, right?
3: Yeah, we, uh, we invented all the <laughs> – you see the guys out there, quarterbacks throwing behind the receivers. Right. That was us. And they, they stole all of that. They did. They and, really did. And we should get that patent, and they should pay
0: us for that. But that's why they won't let you sue the league. That's You're dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a copycat league. They that's that's they, exactly what it is. They're four and wide
3: receivers out there. If mm-hmm. they can put the quarterback out there, they'll put him out there. They ain't even got him in the passing Now game. they got the running
0: back taking the snaps. Now.
3: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun and uh, exciting, and especially when we went to Kansas City. You know, not just yeah. Kansas City, but just, you know, when Warren and three-quarters had 500 and something yards. And, God, and it was a Coach right said, hey, that's enough. And uh, But that day he would have probably went for 700.
0: You almost wonder, right? Like, maybe they should have left him out, but you can't do that. No, you can't. You, you know. didn't binge Kobe after 81. You, you got to give the other team a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> you, got, you, you got to. You didn't want to leave that last uh, – Impression than yeah. the
0: K- we had to pay KC every year. So that's true. That's true. So. You don't want to come back next year going, we remember 700. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, well, thank you very much for coming on with us today, man. This okay. has been Corey DLG and little brother Nico of Ball Control.
3: I love your hat, man. You know what? <laughs> you could have been in our locker room, buddy.
0: <laughs> Nico just got the invitation to time travel. I'm, 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 I'm angry. Um, All right. You guys have a good one. Okay.
3: You too, Nico. All right.
0: All right, welcome back, bug guys. Thanks for listening. What was that? I, I was gonna say something else there, but I decided against it. Bug guy. Bug guy. Anyway, welcome back, guys. This is Corey Dlg. Totally sane. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a uh, big shout out to RNA Sports for having us having us there on Black Friday. It was so cool to meet them. It's it was. It was, it was. It's a lot. Of, it's neat. Look, this is our, the first time I met NFL players. That's true. Oh, it is, isn't right, it? Right, Yeah. That's that's, a- that's real neat. So like. Because of the stuff we do with Thug and all that, we get to go places and meet people. So we have a lot of fun with it. But I didn't realize that was your first time. Yeah. That's cool. Well, big shout out to Rich. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Anyway. Also, uh, official, I could join the 1994 Oilers. Yeah, that really makes me mad. It really bothers <laughs> me that he was just like, yeah, jump on in, man. No big deal. Also, he definitely remembered my name and not yours. I don't want to talk about this. Listen, you don't have any more friends than me, okay? You're not special. This no, but Heywood <laughs> Jeffries thinks so. I hate that. <laughs> I, like I nail these interviews and then he turns around and he's like, Nico, you're the best. Right, yeah. I'll see you later, Nico. I hate you. <laughs> yes. You're has he been texting you? <laughs> hey. Hey, it's Heywood. <laughs> Just seeing what you're up to. <laughs> Shout out, bro. Shout <laughs> out. Anyway. Uh when we come back we got a uh, we got one more segment of ball control coming at you. This is this is ball control on one a six point one. Sister Station. Ball control. Ball Control. This is Corey DLG of Ball Control. And with me as always is little brother Nico. And we're here at RNA Sports hanging out with Rudy T like we've been bragging all month. So, right here, uh, Mr. Tom Donovitz, thank you for coming today. Did they just call you coach? Was I super formal there, did I blow it? No, that was good. I, I answered to just about anything,
1: you know. <laughs> and it's good to be back in Texas and to be back in this area. I actually uh, had a lake house up here on Lake Conroe and it brought back great memories just driving down 105.
0: Nice. Um, so, where do you stay now that I, I didn't realize you didn't live in the Houston area
1: no i I had been out in California for fifteen years okay. and okay. worked for the Lakers in uh, that time, and uh decided uh I'm reaching another plateau in my life uh, it's It starts with a seven and a zero and I thought uh, <laughs> I should uh, start this chapter back here, you know, bring it back here. I've got grandchildren uh, my son has uh, just had a baby. A, a half a year ago, uh, he's actually Rudolph Price, Tom Janovich the fourth. Oh, nice. And my son's is named Trey, so his nickname might be Quattro. Uh, I, I have a buddy I also call Quattro yeah. for the same reason. And then I have a couple uh, grandsons in uh, Houston, out in Katy. Uh, that's Ford and Cooper. And then uh, hopefully my daughter, who's living in L.A., will follow me. And come back here, and she has a daughter named Marty. So uh, being a grandpa is not as bad as I thought it would be.
0: <laughs> it's, kind, it's kind of cool. Yeah, my sisters made some babies, and now my mom's super granny, and she's buying all kinds of. She was, she was never going to be the grandma, and now she's like, they can call me Mimo, and you're yep. like, whoa, what's up? About? Yeah, they're
1: they're still looking for uh, a name for me, so we'll find. Out. <laughs> there you go,
0: Papal T. I'm going to throw yeah. it in the ring. That's my yeah. that's my moniker there. All right, so obviously. You came back to the place where you got to be considered royalty, right? Two championships back-to-back. What's, like, the best memory from that little, that run specifically? Well, the,
1: you know, the first championship, just being a Houstonian, it was so big to get because I came in, you know, and and went through the Astros uh, with Nolan Ryan, and then, of course, the football with with uh, Earl Campbell and Pastorini and Kenny Burroughs and all those guys and people came close, but never getting it done. And then to be a part of the, that team that did it was just so special. And then the, the next year when uh, we had some hardships, but we didn't fall apart and we went from the sixth spot, which
0: I don't know if anybody will ever do that Again, all, all to, the way. No, that's a that's a pretty. And now it's even harder with the teams like Golden State and, yes. and Toronto this year. I don't yeah. think one seeds are too good now. I don't think. It, who was the one seed? That was that. Uh, I can't even remember
1: who was at that at that time. But they were all good. I know. No one has had to go through uh, teams that had won more games than we had played that year, and San Antonio, a team who owned us. During the regular season, we got them. We beat them in six games, which was well, a heck of an yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. And, you know, just, when I... just having an opportunity to, to have those kind of players on uh, a team and, and get it done. It's so, you know, uh, I always have a saying, it's, it's hard to win one game. When you have to win a game, it's really hard to win one game. And uh, to have gone through all those do or die games, I think we had nine
0: elimination games, right? Elimination games
1: in two years, and to win them all uh, just says a lot about the character of those guys.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that team really tried to stay together for a long time as well. Those guys seemed really kind of close. When we were we were talking to Haywood Jeffries recently, he was with the Oilers, and you mentioned how that locker room was like super unique. And you're kind of known as a players' coach yourself. Well, was that kind of the case with y'all's locker room as well?
1: Well, you know, of course, whenever you're together with guys and you go through hardship, it bonds you, and that's the kind of stuff. You just you go through it once, and you just feel this together. Hey, we did that together. We did it so many times, you know. So you can imagine. And uh, what's so cool about sports, but I think basketball as much as any other sport. It brings people from all different backgrounds, nationalities, colors, uh, you know,
0: uh, Probably religions. The Spurs teams you always know. seem to be yeah super international. and Spain, and France. Absolutely. French, and you know, we had the
1: Amigo. We had an African, uh, you true. know, and it's just amazing how it works and it's really like that all around the world i did scouting and looking at the international teams you know they'd have the the uh the majority of their team would be players from that country but they might have a couple americans and a couple other right, foreign yeah. players and it i just think sports is a wonderful way of getting people
0: together i definitely agree that basketball is kind of the international because soccer hasn't really taken here uh, we grew up soccer. We're De is obviously. So soccer was our... My dad was obsessed with soccer. So we know that that's kind of the... But internationally, that's huge. And then here, it doesn't take. But basketball kind of yeah. is number two in a lot of those places. Speaking internationally, do you, have a, that's, that's yes. right, you have a gold medal also? Yes. So you're yeah. just back-to-back champion, gold medal. Is there any... I mean, I know... Yep. I mean, what else? Did you win, like, high school student of the year, too? Kinda, uh, that
1: was close. <laughs> uh, uh, you know... What people have to understand about the Olympics is, it's a such an honor to be selected. When you think your whole country, uh, and you're the guys who are picked to go and, and uh, represent it, and then the pressure is so amazing, you just cannot, you just cannot believe it, you know. And so. When I was coaching in 2000 the NBA players in the Olympics had not lost a game. Uh, and we're playing against Lithuania and they have a one-point lead with a minute to go and we foul a three-point shooter who's a great three-point shooter. and. Uh, <clears throat> As he's at the line, my life is passing before my <laughs> my brain, and I'm thinking that at my eulogy, at my, <laughs> they'll go silver medal with the loss of the people coming up to talk. Well, he was a good friend, wonderful father, uh, you know, uh, but the dummy lost, <laughs> and. Uh, and we wound up winning that game. And I'm so proud to say that our guys dove on the floor. The guy who had fouled the three-point shooter was Antonio McDice, And he got the, the basket that put us ahead. And, I mean, it was so physical. That I think there were four guys on the floor, and he winds
0: up putting it in. Is, is McDice the, the – with the Pistons, he won up point in the championship? Is that the same Antonio McDice? Uh I don't, I don't know
1: if they won the championship with him, but I mean, he's the Antonio McDice,
0: yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, who was on
1: that, it was the 2000 team, right? 2000 in, in uh, Sydney. Okay, okay, that's a, that was a, yeah. You know, and then the next year,
0: they lost a lot of games, and. and you weren't there, we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> we, we won't, we won't put that one on you. Yeah. Uh. So, you also, coach, you also like, your first was it about 23 years with the Rockets between playing and scouting. Oh, uh, 33. 33. Short of you a decade. Yeah. You, you get to 70, you don't like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful that uh, the one thing you can say about s- sports is that you're not going to settle in one place. And most people don't, but I had that opportunity to stay with one team all that time. And then the coach. The team afterwards, it's just it's just
0: amazing. And it was a comment he made actually. We talked to someone who played all their football in Texas, and he was like, "That's got to be really impressive." And you were with one city for almost your entire career. How many yep. years did you coach the Lakers? Uh, just a half a year. I went. I had. I
1: left the job here because I got cancer, um, and uh, and you know went into treatment and had to go through two cycles of that, which is no fun. Uh, and I, they pronounced me, uh, clear and, uh, I was out scouting and the Lakers approached me and that sounded really good, but I, I should have probably waited and got acclimated, you know, but I threw myself right back in there. And when I was in it, we were doing pretty good. We had a winning record, but I started feeling all the stress and thinking that maybe I made a mistake and, uh. I went to the owner and said, uh, you know, uh, it's probably not the right thing for me. And they were great about it. Uh, and uh, they kept me on for 14 years working, you know, behind the scenes. And I didn't realize that. And uh, yeah, it was quietly kept. And uh, I got to help them with uh, reports. and. So you, you're the guy who told him LeBron James was probably a good sign? I've, They wouldn't listen to me on that. (laughs) But, you know, what was great about it, my son and I got to work together for 14 years. That's awesome. And he's a computer guy, and I had always wanted to know the true numbers, you know, the analytics on uh, some basketball plays and all that, and we did it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And the, the crazy thing is, we didn't even have to be in the same city, yeah. you know, because we had the computer and and all that. But uh, it was really interesting because, you know, a lot of people would say I was just a gut feeling guy, and I, I I went with my gut most of the time, and that is true. But I always wanted to know, uh, is this the percentage thing to is do? Is the smarter play? Exactly. Is there, is there a smarter play? Yeah.
0: Well, that's always a good coach, right? You want you, you don't want to just hear one voice. You want to train. Yeah, you want to use,
1: use all the the nuggets you can put in the in the
0: basket. You know. Yeah. And speaking of nuggets, we're gonna get some nuggets in our basket here when we get out to a break. When we come back, we got more ball control. Ball control.